Welcome to the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs Podcast. This show offers wisdom, inspiration, and tips on how women entrepreneurs build their businesses and how they incorporate mindfulness and spiritual practices to become successful. I'm your host, Martina Thomason, a certified entrepreneur coach. I specialize in helping women entrepreneurs overcome limiting beliefs to get more clients and grow their income. Now, let's jump into today's episode. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs podcast. Today, I will be talking about how our thoughts and beliefs create our reality in practice. You've probably heard it a million times that mindset is everything, especially if you're into self-development. According to an article in Psychology Today, a mindset is a belief that orients the way that we handle situations the way we sort out what's going on and what we should do. But what about the studies in neuroscience suggesting that only 5% of our cognitive activities, such as decisions, emotions, actions and behaviors, are conscious? When the remaining 95% is generated in a non-conscious matter, how do we improve our mindset, our thoughts and our beliefs so that we can make it work in our favor? The answer is self-awareness. By becoming aware of our patterns and limiting beliefs, we can improve our mindset and ultimately our life. And that's largely what this episode will be about. Seeing as neuroscience suggests that only 5% of our cognitive activities are conscious and a whopping 95% is generated in a non-conscious matter, we are largely on autopilot. Remember when you first learned to drive a car? You had to hold the brake in, turn the engine on, put the gear into drive, check the mirrors, etc. These days, you're probably not even thinking of all those steps because you're embodying it and you just do them automatically. You no longer have to consciously think about each single step. They have graduated to the automatic level, so to speak, or the subconscious mind. This is a great tool for humans as we can now use the capacity of our conscious mind on other tasks. According to social psychologist Timothy D. Wilson, who wrote the book Strangers to Ourselves, Discovering the Adaptive Unconscious, the unconscious processing abilities of the human brain are estimated at roughly 11 million pieces of information per second. On the other hand, the conscious processing ability is estimated to be at around 40 pieces per second. Let that sink in. Unconscious, 11 million pieces of information per second. Conscious, 40 pieces per second. No wonder we have to push a lot of things into the subconscious. The good news is that we can choose what we think about and what we focus on. Tony Robbins has this great little exercise that I invite you to do with me right now, unless you're driving, of course. So here we go. Spend three seconds looking around you, only focusing on seeing blue things. Okay, go. Now close your eyes and tell me, or yourself, where are the orange bits while keeping your eyes shut? If you were able to do this exercise, you'd realize that because you only focused on blue, your brain filtered out other colors as unimportant. 
And although the colors were right in front of you, in plain view, your brain didn't register it for you to consciously notice because you deliberately chose your focus to be on the blue color. Your subconscious would have registered it, but unless we use certain techniques, we generally don't have access to the subconscious mind in the same way that we can easily access information from the conscious mind. Similarly to this experiment, if we only focus on not being able to grow our practice, being stuck, that it's hard to quote unquote find clients, that is what we will consciously notice and perceive as our reality. Clients most often aren't found, by the way, they're created, but I'll save that for another podcast episode. Our brain is like a scientist, and when we have thoughts about our reality, our brain goes out to work to support those thoughts. And as it gathers evidence, we form beliefs around those thoughts. To illustrate this point, let's say a woman is terrified of flying because she's afraid it'll crash. Her brain is now conditioned to notice things in alignment with her thoughts that flying is dangerous. She will notice headlines about crashes in newspapers, on the news, overhearing people having conversations about it, and so on. On the other hand, she's not afraid of driving a car. So although objectively speaking, more people die in traffic every year than flying, her subconscious mind might register headlines about car crashes, but her conscious mind probably won't. Imagine if we were going around consciously taking into account all the ways we could die each day. We would go insane. <laughs> if you're interested in what happens on a neurological level in the brain when it filters out unnecessary information, you can read the article This is how the brain filters out unimportant details in Psychology Today. I'll link to that in the show notes if you're interested in reading it. Also, if you haven't yet checked out Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, I highly recommend you do so, as he explains the science behind how our thoughts create neuropathways, which again creates chemicals, which in turn affect our body and affects our mood and personality and ultimately shapes our reality. So go and check him out. What we also find in the subconscious mind is all the memories, good and bad. We find limiting beliefs and thought patterns that don't necessarily serve us anymore. But because they are subconscious and create automatic responses, we don't even realize the underlying reason for responding in the way that we do all these years after the event actually happened. We have created triggers that makes us respond in a similar way to what happened in the past, while it's not actually representative of that response, but because it's automatic, that's what's coming up. Bear with me, I'll get into the details. So, for example, when you grew up, you might have perceived your dad to be quite scary when he was angry, and you developed what we call a coping mechanism. And you chose to keep a low profile, not make a fuss, and always strive to make people around you pleased so that they wouldn't get angry or aggressive. Because your reptilian or primal brain responsible for survival, drive, and instinct, told you that anger equals danger and should be avoided at all costs, even to the detriment of your other needs and wants. Now you're all grown up, but you still make decisions from that place because that pattern has become an established neural pathway for your thoughts, or a highway, if you will, that has your thoughts and thereby your behaviors follow the programming that is now subconscious. 
you're taking actions from the mindset that the most important thing is to please those around you. You make up stories that you shouldn't be asking for a pay rise or a certain amount of money from your clients because that might upset them. More often than not, you're not consciously aware of this pattern, which by the way, served you when you were a little child living at home, but it's now a belief that is limiting you from earning more money or growing your business. So how our thoughts gets our brain to find evidence to build a belief around those thoughts, as well as past conditioning, both play major roles in our everyday lives. Our filtering process and programming from childhood makes up a large part of those 95% of unconsciously determined emotions, decisions, behaviors, and actions. So let's take a look at how all of this holds true for starting, running, and growing your business as well. If we choose to think that opportunities are all around us, that clients are everywhere, and that people want what we have to offer, our mind goes to work to prove us right and strengthen that belief. Some people might try to argue that to create results, we have to do things. That's absolutely correct. But how we do something is more important than how much we do in most cases. Stay with me here. <laughs> so I want to run you through a framework that perfectly illustrates how your thoughts create our reality in practice. We always have a neutral circumstance and we always have thoughts or beliefs about that circumstance based on previous experience, etc. Those thoughts about the circumstance makes us feel certain things about that circumstance. And based on that, we take certain actions. When we take those actions, we get certain results or outcomes. So I'll run you through two examples so that you'll fully grasp this concept. The first example shows one of my client's default patterns, and the second one illustrates her intentional pattern, meaning that it is one where she intentionally chooses what to think about a scenario or the neutral circumstance. So let's look at the default pattern. The circumstance is the same for both scenarios, which is signing clients. The thoughts she has around this is that I can't find clients to sign. The feelings that arise from having these thoughts are she's feeling stuck, insecure, insufficient. And based on those thoughts and feelings, the actions or rather inactions <laughs> that she's taking is procrastination, making excuses and doing admin that really doesn't need to be done, but just keeping herself busy for the sake of it. The outcomes from all of this is that she does not reach out to potential clients to see if she can help and she doesn't sign clients. So now let's look at the intentional pattern. The circumstance is still the same. It's always neutral, signing clients. And her intentional thought that she now chooses to have around this is what I offer is super helpful to people and it will really help my clients. When she has these thoughts, the feelings that arise within her is that she's feeling inspired, motivated, confident, and sufficient. Based on having those thoughts and feeling those feelings, the actions that she takes are reaching out to people, pitch to get interviewed, write guest blogs, and generally taking action in alignment with putting herself out there because she chooses to believe in herself and her offer. The outcomes of this is that she creates value. She is helpful to her clients and more people know of her 
which in turn increases the chances of her assigning clients. So as Henry Ford once said, whether you think you can or you think you cannot, you're right. The framework I just ran you through proves this to a T. Notice in both examples how the outcome directly reflects her thoughts. I encourage you to take note of your own beliefs when you're stressed out or overwhelmed. You probably have thoughts like, I've got way too much to do. I don't even know where to begin. So based on that, you get out your phone and you browse on Instagram or you watch Netflix or something along those lines to soothe yourself and escape those feelings of overwhelm. Meanwhile, the pile of work isn't going away, which stresses you further. <laughs> on the contrary, if you have a managed mind, choose intentional thoughts such as, it's okay to get help. I can delegate some of this and it doesn't all have to be done today. Or I'm happy with my own effort if I complete these three tasks today because it's not humanly possible to do all of this work in one day. If you choose one of these thoughts instead, you release some of the pressure on yourself and you will feel less overwhelmed and more empowered and motivated to do things. When you do the things and complete the tasks, you don't only get a sense of accomplishment from seeing the pile of work decreasing, you even feel less stressed and have more motivation to continue. So the result is that you get a whole lot more done simply by changing your thoughts around a neutral circumstance. In this case, a lot of work to do. Our work is to overcome our resistance. So when we set a goal, our mind will serve up a plethora of excuses as to why it won't work for us to achieve those goals. I'll create an episode on this as well because there's so much more to be said, but I'll give you a quick summary. So we need to show our mind or our internal parts that are in opposition to getting these results, how in fact it is possible. We have to prove the parts of us that thinks we can't wrong. How we actually have what it takes. That by leaning on our previous accomplishments, our skills, expertise, our network, and even our desire will help us get there. A lot of my clients get frustrated because they think, I thought I had worked through this by now. But, <laughs> but I want to remind you that our brain functions much like muscles. If you want a fit body, you have to exercise regularly. Similarly, our mind will offer up thoughts around our patterns over and over again. However, the more we practice managing our minds by intentionally choosing the thoughts we want to focus on, the easier and faster we will center back into our desired state and manifest the desired results. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something new. I love connecting with you all, so let me know what your biggest takeaways from this episode are. And take a screenshot of this podcast episode, tag me in an Instagram story to let me know. My handle is at Martina Thomason Coaching. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anyone who would benefit from listening in. As always, please leave a review, five stars for good karma. And if you think we need more mindfulness and spirituality in business, if you're interested in coaching with me, head on over to my website and schedule a free discovery call. Finally, if you have any inquiries or you would like to interview me on your show, shoot me an email. Details are in the show notes over at my website, martinathomason.com. Have an amazing week. Cheers, guys.